You made the rain, so when it falls on me, should I complain or feel you calling me? It's all on me to stay and really catch what you're showing. It's my rules that you're growing, cause life is more than this moment. You are the light, so when the darkness falls, the greatest heights, they never seem so tall, no, not at all, you're right. It's my roots that you're growing, don't want to miss what you're showing. Ain't no doubt about you, everywhere.
Welcome to 1C. Would you please rise and worship with us in our first song? Good morning, church. Good morning. I'd like to introduce you to the 1C Choir. <laughs> it is, uh, this is one of the great moments in, in the church, in the life of the church. We have a baptism this morning to bring this little sweetie, Kinsley, into the family of God. And what a privilege. Oh, you can be seated, by the way. I'm sorry. What a privilege for 
all of us to witness this and, and to be a part of this. And I would just address to the family and to the sponsors, and you've, you've heard this before when Pastor Jim has baptized children your own or others, there's a, there's a bad news portion to all of this, and then there's a really, really good portion to all of this. And the bad news portion is, is that sin has separated us from God. That's, that's a reality, and it's a reality that's with us every day. The good news is, is what God did through Jesus to reconnect us to himself by sending his son. Jesus came. It was his mission to suffer and die and rise again. And that is awesome news because in that we have eternal life with God. In baptism, which is a gift that God brings us, we find this to be true. And so we read about this. This is a command that Jesus gave to the church when he left. And he said this in Matthew. He said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And so my first address is to you guys who are up here as godparents, to Abby and to... Um, Thank you, and to Ben, and to Sarah, and to Brock, who are here to witness this and be the godparents to, to little Kinsley. It is a beautiful tradition of the church that we do this. And so just a couple words of encouragement to you. I would ask you that you be sure to pray for Kinsley every day, okay? Hold her up in prayer and encourage her mom and dad. Encourage them in their raising of this little one. Encourage them in all the ways that they can keep Kinsley close to Jesus. Whether it's bringing her here into Sunday school, reading devotions at home, whatever that is. And then that you would model your faith to this family so that Kinsley will see that. And if you are willing to do this, then I would ask you to answer, I will with God's help. All right, I heard that loud and clear. Well, let's bring Kinsley up here, Mom, and yeah, just lean her down there a little close. Kinsley Jean Hellbush, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, then applause is fine right now. <laughs> yeah. This is a welcoming of Kinsey, Kinsley into the family of God and how grateful we are. You know, a summary of the Christian faith can be found in the Apostles' Creed. And this part in a baptism, this is a great place to say this out loud to one another, to remind ourselves of what our faith is anchored in. It'll be up on the screen and for those of us that are up here, right over there on the monitor. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. And thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, 
and the life everlasting. Amen. And I light this candle and I give this to Dad. If you would come over here and light that for us. Thank you, Dave. And what this does is this represents that Jesus is the light shining in the darkness. And it's also a tradition just to encourage you that on the anniversary of Kinsley's baptism, you light this very candle to remember that what happened today was that God brought a gift to Kinsley, brought her into his kingdom. Let's just close with a prayer. Our Father, we thank you. We thank you for, we thank you for baptism. We thank you that in your great mercy, you saw that when you bring ordinary water and your word together, that it becomes something extraordinary. And today, we witness this extraordinary miracle happen to little Kinsley. She now is your child. I pray for the family, for mom and dad, for her aunts and uncles and her grandparents, that always she will be surrounded with the love of God and she will just be instructed in the ways of Jesus. Touch this family as they go forth. We ask it in your name. Amen. Okay. These go with you. There you go. And these go with you. This is for Jeff. And there we go. And you guys. Good. Got it. One more time. happens all the time. Announcements. Thank you, Eric. This, that you see, this digital bulletin, um, well, I see it. I, I don't, there you go. You, now you can see it. Th this little thing is a QR code, and if you take a picture of that on your phone, you'll open up the digital bulletin to 1C, and there you will find check-ins and the connect card and how to do prayer requests and a place to take notes on this week's sermon. So there's a lot of good information there if you can do that. Blast is continuing to happen next week. So if that's coming your way or you can see your way to do that, your schedule allows it, we would encourage you to um, take advantage of Blast. There have been marvelous reports coming out of uh, Blast this summer. It is a good opportunity for kids. Donations that are needed, those are there as well. And this is something that you'll find in the bulletin or on the 1C Church website. As well as, how do I, if I wanted to give, how do I do that? There are three ways to do it. You can text to give, you can do it online, you can do it through the Church Center app. Multiple ways to do that. The joy baskets are going to be passed as we do this next song. And so if you are here and you are ready to return to God a portion of what he has blessed you with, that's what we do in this next moment. So let's continue to worship.
time I try to make it on mine Every time I try to stay and start to and all those lonely roads that I traveled on, there was Jesus. When the life I built came crashing to the ground, when the friends I had were nowhere to be found, I couldn't see them and I could see It is a great lyric prior to coming to the Lord's table. There was Jesus. It is true. Jesus is here. His body and his blood are here. And just like in baptism, God delivers this gift to us to come into his kingdom. God delivers this gift to us 
for forgiveness of sins. And it, it is a marvelous time in the church service when we can pause, reflect a little bit on our lives, confess together, and then come to the Lord's table. In preparation for communion, if in, in your seat back in front of you, you might find a card that looks like this. This will tell you uh, about what we do here at 1C Church, what we believe, teach, and confess about communion. So before we come to the Lord's table, let's take that moment just to confess together in the words we find up here. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. And for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways. To the glory of your holy name, amen. And it is my privilege to announce to you the absolute certainty and truth of those words. When we confess our sins to God the Father, they are removed as far as the east is from the west. That is something we can count on. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread, and after giving thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, also after supper, he took the cup, and after giving thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And may the peace of the Lord be with you always. And if you're here this morning and you have the self-contained cups, you may take those at any time, the bread and the wine, the body and the blood of Jesus.
And now may this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, may it strengthen you and preserve you and keep you steadfast in the one true faith. Depart in peace. Amen. God, we thank you for everyone gathered here today to worship. And we ask that you surround us with your powerful, life-changing presence. We offer up these prayers to you. For Grace, as she continues her recovery and starting a new job. Prayers for my friend Deb. She's having numerous health problems. Prayers of strength for a friend and niece battling cancer. For the youth and sponsors that are attending the National Youth Gathering in Houston, 20,000 kids in attendance. You are an awesome God. We pray that you, O oh Lord, use them this week and that they grow in their faith and learn to trust you in all things. For me to become closer to you, Lord, and open my heart to you again, I need you more than anything right now. Pray for everyone at SOS Treatment Facility for guidance, strength, and love. Be with a friend who is hurting badly. Prayers for my sister and her family who have just moved back to Nebraska. I pray that the renovations and their new home go well, for her to find a wonderful job, and for her children to find new friends and love their new home and schools. Lord, because you know all things, we can rest safely in the knowledge that we don't have to know everything. Help us to trust you, to carry through each day with every matter of concern, big or small, we need to come to you and lay our burdens down. The flood of life's demands will consume us if we don't take time to let you write our perspective, reduce our stress level, and whisper your tender truths of love in our ear. Thank you for loving each and every one of us and for calling us to walk with you. Be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Fill our hearts with your love. Fill our words and conversations with truth and grace. We ask all of these things in praise and adoration of you. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And amen and amen. Brief history lesson this morning. John Wesley Powell. Ring a bell? No bells ringing. John Wesley Powell. Here was a gentleman who was an American geologist. He was a veteran of the Civil War. He 
did time as a university professor, uh, but mostly he was known as being an explorer of the Western United States, the great American West. And he did a host of other things. What's really memorable about John Wesley Powell is his great curiosity and his huge appetite for adventure. And that's partly why he got selected in the spring of 1869 to lead an expedition uh, down the Colorado River through a great unknown and uncharted territory. He did this for 99 days. And when they came out on the other side, it was labeled as one of the most daring journeys in American history. And John Wesley Powell and the fellows on that expedition came out of the Grand Canyon. And it's been etched in the history books ever since. John Wesley Powell had some words to say about being in the Grand Canyon for 99 days. And he said this, the wonders of the Grand Canyon cannot be adequately represented in symbols of speech, nor by speech itself. The resources of the graphic arts are taxed beyond their powers in attempting to portray its features. Language and illustration combined must fail. The wonders. And wonder is what we're going to camp out on for just a little bit this morning. This word wonder. And our friend um, Mr. Webster has this to say about wonder. It is a feeling of surprise mingled with admiration caused by something beautiful, unexpected, unfamiliar, or inexplicable. Wonder. Certainly the Grand Canyon is a wonder, and if any of you have been there, that might be one word that you would use to describe it. But the Grand Canyon is just a sliver of all of God's creation. Think about when he was speaking his creation into place in the book of Genesis. I mean, the expanse and the scope and the enormity of it all are beyond words. It's certainly beyond what this little brain can get wrapped around. God's creation. And even though it is big and expansive and it is a wonder, there are other types of wonders that, well, they're smaller in scope, but they're still a wonder. How about this one? The never-ending curiosity of children. I had the delight of looking into the faces of many children this morning as they were coming into the sanctuary and as we got ready for the baptism. And I even had, in the communion line, I had the opportunity to experience this curiosity. As dad came up holding his, his little girl, and all of a sudden this little hand was buried right here. Yeah. Curiosity, what is that? And you look in those eyes and they just want to know what's going on around them, you know? And if you had children like I did that thought it was necessary to eat dirt to discover what was all around them, well, kids will do that too. And so they just want to know, they are curious. It is a wonder. Then there's the wonder of friendship. Think about this. I mean, what did all that God did? To build into his creatures, connection, relationship, friendship. 
Friendship, like everything else, is touched by sin. It's never perfect. It's oftentimes not whole. It's oftentimes got conflict, division. But underneath, there is a beauty there of relationship, of friendship. And you know this is true. If, if as I'm saying these words, you're thinking of somebody in your mind right now. Oh, yeah. That friendship. Enormously precious to me. This is God's wonder. There's a wonder that I have experienced many, many years. And as I share this, I'm going to imagine that you have too. It is the wonder and the, of the courage of people who are struggling in life. When life has just turned hard and dark and difficult, it is the wonder of the courage of these people who get up and face it day after day after day. That's a wonder. This topic we could do for a long time this morning creating a list of what's, what is wonder? What, wonder's present all around us. When you walk out of here this morning, you'll bump into it sooner rather than later. God brings wonder to us in many ways. Yes, in his creation. He brings wonder to us when maybe he puts a person in our path who was just the person we needed right then, right now. That's a wonder. And there's just a host of other ways. And they all serve a purpose. To remind us of how good God is. He brings wonder into our lives to remind us of just how good he is. And then there's the wonder of all wonders. The big wonder. The all caps wonder. That is captured in that classic hymn, Amazing Grace, where we sing that saved a wretch like me, the wonder of forgiveness. This wonder that we have in our exodus from sin, our exodus from death, our stepping beyond eternal separation from God that Jesus made possible. This exodus is of his doing and it spans all of human history. It's a salvation story that God has woven in all of his scriptures from Genesis all the way through to the end of Revelation. God's golden thread, this story of his salvation. And I want to share this morning just kind of five of those places where they're captured along the way. The first one is the wonder of creation and the wonder of the promise of salvation. Now, you've probably read the first opening chapters of Genesis and the creation story and the sense that comes out of that that God is making everything good out of his love for us and maybe you've caught the pattern that's there that when God creates he says let there be and so it was and it was good this comes from the heart of a father that loves us. This comes from the heart of the God who wants to give us everything to enjoy. Oh my. 
sin crept in and what came along with sin, disobedience, violence, chaos, strife, all of that entered into creation. But God was not finished because we have Genesis 3.15, what some theologians would call the first gospel, Genesis 3.15. And before God addresses Satan in this passage, it's curious to me that he has something that he wants to say to Adam and to Eve and, and then to Satan. He's got a message for them. And so I don't have the text in front of me, but it goes something like this. God said to Adam, what have you done? What have you done? What was his response? Classic. Well, it's woman you gave me. Uh-huh. Pretty much the same thing to Eve. What, what went wrong? What did you do? Well, this serpent, that, this serpent deceived me, and so I ate. And then he has this message to Satan. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He, Jesus, shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. There it is. There's the promise of a deliverer, Jesus. He will overcome Satan and all of Satan's influence. So yeah, our first parents, hmm, you know, they didn't set us up in a lot of ways that were very good. And God knew that, and God had a plan beyond that. So this story then kind of continues on, and the next place we kind of want to stop is in Genesis chapter 12, where we get the wonder of God's calling Abram. And here's what it says. Now the Lord said to Abram, go forth from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you, all families of the earth shall be blessed. What a statement. God's election of Abram. So from, from Abram and from Sarah come this nation of Israel. Abram was going to be the father of this great nation. A nation that would bless all nations. And as this great nation grew, there came a time in their history where they were put into Egypt for 400 years. Their story is my story. Serve God, sin, fall away. Serve God, sin, fall away. It's repeated in Israel's history. And then comes this point where God puts them in Egypt for 400 years. That sounds like a long time. But to God, to God, time is his plaything. You know, it's this. But 400 years, these people were under the thumb. This nation that despised them. 
And then God shows up to redeem. God calls them out of Egypt. God calls them to become a kingdom of priest and a holy nation, and he gives them the law. And all of this wonder of a story unfolds in Exodus 19 and 20. God eventually gives Israel the promised land, and at some point then he promises David that his line will rule over Israel forever. And from the Davidic line, guess who comes forth? Jesus. Jesus. The third wonder that we're looking at this morning. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ. And hear this, the son of David, the son of Abraham. There's Jesus. He's the third act in this story of salvation. It starts up when God sends Jesus. And he comes and he lives as a man on earth and he performs wonders and he teaches people and he gathers people and he reaches out to the poor and to the marginalized and he has supper with sinners and his story is told very well in Matthew, Mark, Luke and John and it's a story that in spite of all the things that he was doing he stirred up enormous amounts of resistance and hate he didn't come and it was not a smooth path it's, I think it's significant to remember that Jesus fulfilled his mission when he went to the cross and that he did not go there because someone finally got the best of him and they drove those spikes through his wrist and his feet Jesus went to the cross because Jesus surrendered to go to the cross. His doing. His doing. But he didn't stay on the cross, did he? I've heard it said, perhaps you did too, that, you know, maybe Satan was having a good laugh when Jesus was up there on the cross. Ha! Finally, let him bleed and die up there like a criminal. I got him. He did not have him. He did not. Because we have the fourth wonder. Ah, the wonder of the resurrection and the giving of God's spirit. Here's a passage that is typically read at Easter time, but I think it's Scope is, goes way beyond just Easter. Something to remember frequently across the year. And it's found in Matthew 28, 5 and 6. The, some women have gone to the tomb and they meet an angel. And the angel says, do not be afraid. For I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He's not here. For he is risen as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. And you, we can read all about this. And I am thinking, what would that have been like? The wonder of those women who were the first arrivers at the tomb on Easter morning. Whoa. An empty tomb and a message from an angel. What you see is what Jesus said would happen. He's not here. 
he's arisen. After the resurrection, God sends his spirit. Acts 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and all the ends of the earth. Power of the Holy Spirit. So after the resurrection, God sends his spirit. He begins to call Jews and Gentiles into the continuing story of Israel through the life teachings, death and resurrection of Jesus. And this, my friends, is how the church began. This is how the church began all the way up to this present time. On this day in this place, 1C Church, Columbus, Nebraska, the church. God made a promise to Abram back in Genesis. Remember that? He said, you're going to be a blessing to all the nations. Well, obviously, Abram couldn't live long enough to do that and to do all that by himself. So we have the church, and the church is what fulfills this promise. The church has been given the task to bring blessing to the world by proclaiming the gospel. It's a limited time that we have. We don't know exactly when God is going to do this, but at some point, he's coming back. And that's the fifth wonder, the wonder of all things being summed up in Christ. Revelation eleven fifteen. Then the seventh angel blew his trumpet, and there were loud voices in heaven saying, the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. And he shall reign forever and ever. There is a culminating wonder out there on the horizon. We don't know when it's going to happen. We know, by faith, we know it is going to happen. When Jesus returns, God is going to put everything right. He's going to redeem everything. He's going to restore everything. Everything that's been broken, everything that's been robbed of life, everything that's been turned ugly because it's been touched and soiled by sin, God is going to turn that right, and he will establish his rule, and he shall reign forever and ever. It's coming. All this is nice, isn't it? What do we do with this? What do we do with this wonder of God's salvation story? His creation, his election of Abram, his bringing forth Jesus, the resurrection, the consummation of Jesus in all things. It's a big picture look across the scriptures. It's God's salvation story. It creates a very, very solid foundation for you and I to stand on. But not just to stand, but to build on. So maybe that's an additional wonder. That the, that the church, living within this narrative, you and I, we live our lives in Scripture. And so we're in this space right here where we've had the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, and we have the consummation of all things when Jesus returns, and we, the church, are right in here. What are we supposed to do here? 
How do we occupy this unique space in God's salvation story? How do we live as a people that bring the gospel story to others? How do we get this salvation out of these walls, the story of salvation out of these walls and out there? As you could say, well, I, I don't know, I got a couple ideas. And they're probably pretty good ones, and yeah, I'd love to hear them. I would. It, it, I don't know, it kind of comes to me that this is one of those things that we do in just the, the ebb and flow of daily living. That it doesn't require that we sit through a program for weeks or months at a time and learn how to do this. God has, God has given us this task. In my life, in your life, every day has a rhythm, has a routine. Yeah, it gets interrupted now and then. But there's an ebb and a flow. There's a rhythm to our days. And that is where this proclamation of this good news happens. And a professor at seminary who's always reminded us, he said, Monday's coming. You're in church today, and it's wonderful. We sing, we praise, we hear scripture, we have communion, and it's lovely. It is. Monday's coming. The ordinary. And we have this place where we can have, we have this story to share with people. And we get that done, I think, when God allows us to step into the stories of other people. Have you done this? Have you been in the story of the person who's suffering loss? A spouse, a child, a pet, a grandparent, whatever it is. Suffering loss. Stories of hurt. Stories of abuse. Stories of addiction and stories of grief. They're all around us. And this opportunity to step into those stories and be the people who carry this news with us that testifies to the goodness of God. Well, we, the church, we are the bearer of God's story of gospel wonder. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that this truth is with us. We are the church, and, and we have the task to take your gospel and be ready just to share it with people, to talk about it, to make it known to those who might be hurting, suffering in a multitude of ways. Thank you for bringing that into our lives. And Lord, as, as, as Monday is coming, make us ready wherever we're at, wherever life takes us, make us ready. Make us sensitive to your spirit to deliver that message, to bear that good news to the one who's terrified and hopeless of life. We need you to help us do that. We trust you to help us do that. Amen. And now receive the blessing of the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord look upon you with his favor and give you peace. Amen. You're welcome to stand and join us in our final song.
Do you ever notice that the context of who you're thinking of can change the meaning of a song? This one we sing to Jesus.
Have a blessed week, everyone. church out of me
Preparing a place where the sorrows elate, and when I stand before you, I'll find all of me.
Thank you. 